world and welcome back to Grid Iron Gamble, the only podcast that puts its money where its mouth is. I'm your host, Rich Ryan, and I'm joined by my fellow members of the collective, the disciple, Brett Colson, Donnie, DP Peters, and the resident moose himself, Mo Nawara. I really hope that last night's results is an indicator of what's to come this weekend. We were a consensus pick on the San Francisco 49ers at home, plus the two and a half. And while we trailed seemingly the entire game, we got a lucky fumble towards the end by one Pharaoh Cooper, a recovery for the Rams, and a touchdown. Not only did they score the touchdown, they then got aggressive, went for the two-point conversion, failed, which got us within the number, didn't have to sweat overtime, and then, I mean, f- from a betting standpoint, that OPI was great. I mean, it, it won the bet as long as you weren't on the money line. But from a football standpoint, woof. You guys were, Mo, you were freaking out in the chat when that OPI happened. Yeah, it was just disgusting to see the refs rip a potential win away from the 49ers right there. And, I mean, if it was just one missed call, that would have been one thing. But that ref crew just had an absolutely horrific night. And Jeff Triplett, he – time to hang him up, bud. <laughs> uh, apologies to everyone out there who was playing against Sammy Watkins, Carlos Hyde, Todd Gurley, Pierre Garçon. That was a bloodbath and a, a bad way to start the week. Congratulations to those of you – who had them in your lineup and or who faded them uh, this week. Man, a tough way to start the week for a bunch of you. But I'm I'm really excited about last week's result, and I'm excited looking at the picks that you guys submitted. We've got a handful, I believe five, consensus picks. No, six consensus picks. Seven if you include last night's tilt. And I'm excited for this reason. We've started off really slow with consensus picks. Uh, before last night, we were 5, 9, and 1, which put us below 40%. And we've never been below 50% before. Our first season doing the Super Contest, when we got really weird at the end trying to make a run, we still came in at 51% in consensus picks. Last year, we came in at 53% consensus picks. So I'm glad that... Nobody strayed from the process. Nobody did anything crazy. We're bouncing back this week. I I can feel it in my bones. DP, you're usually the positive one, but I'm stealing it from you. You got to be positive too, though. I am very positive this week. I I have personally been sucking ass for the past two weeks, but I'm ready to to get back on the wagon with you guys and help us get a winning week. I think we're going to go 5-0. Even Mo sounded positive. The only one that's not positive is is the guy who's going to lead us off this week in a little bit. The guy with the best record so far. Uh, he's tied for the best record in top five, but he's got the best record overall. The only one picking more than greater than fifty percent in every game. And that's Brett. Brett, you don't like this card. What's going on? This is this is such a. There's so many spots to be sharp this week. It makes me really nervous. Be the disciple. Believe. Blind faith. Isn't that what being the disciple is all about? Blind faith, Bert Minotti. I will say, I love the top of my card. I The, the bottom half is just coin flips. That, that's kind of what I meant about not liking the card. Well, I'm glad that we are changing the process. 
if you guys uh, want to sweat, we, we give you some stats on, on our picks. But if you guys want to see stats for everybody's picks in the Super Contest, you have to go to FantasySuperContest.com. Yada is adding a consensus tab for the Gold Contest, which is the $5,000 buy-in winner-take-all where the teams are generally sharper than in the regular contest. So if you're looking for some sharp tails for your own betting ventures outside the Super Contest, be sure to check that out on Saturday. And if you want to look at any other trends from the Super Contest, there's only one place to get it, fantasysupercontest.com. That's fantasysupercontest.com. We kick off every show by looking at games we are split down the middle on. And there's only two this week. And there doesn't seem to be a lot of conviction looking at the power rankings, but the the two games are Falcons-Lions and Browns-Colts. I'm interested in Falcons-Lions because I think most of us on this pod, I've been the, the Lions detractor for most of the preseason process and now the regular season, but I think we all used the word regression a lot when talking about Atlanta. So I'm very intrigued by that game. Uh, I'll start with Donnie because he's the highest on this game. He's got the Lions plus three in his top five. Uh, So DP, you're slamming buttons over there. Uh, I'll let you take the lead on this one. Uh, Why do you like Detroit so much in this matchup? Uh, I mean, I think I'm... I'm Large part of me is still sticking with my guns in the fact that, you know, like you said, I was on the Falcons regression train coming into this season. They are 2-0. and You know, I didn't like their week one performance last week against Green Bay. You know, they seemed all right, but I feel like Green Bay had a much worse game than the Falcons had a really good game. That's how I, I come away out of that game. 70% of the public is on the Falcons here as a road favorite. I've liked what I've seen out of the Detroit Lions. Um, I mean, listen, they're still the Detroit Lions, and I think that, you know, if in the the bigger picture of things, you know, looking ahead to the whole season, the Lions are going to fall flat on their face. Most importantly, at the end of the season, probably do something stupid and not make the playoffs. But um, right now, I I got to ride the hot hand with with the Lions at home, getting points. I, I just, I feel like they're feeling it. I feel like they can score with the Falcons if they need to. Uh, I feel like their defense is playing well enough that they can get some stops. Give me the points here. Give me the Lions. Look for the Falcons to take. This is when they start to take their their step back as far as I'm concerned. The other host on the Lions is the other host that has this game somewhat high in the middle tier, uh, and that's Mo. Mo is taking the home dog. No surprise here, uh, but you have it a little – you have right below the middle of the fold. So talk to me, Mo. Why do you like the Lions in this spot? Yeah, I like the Lions. I don't love the Lions. Um, There's other games I like a little more. But I do think there is some value on the Lions. It it worries me a little bit that they're coming into this one on a short week. But they have a corner who can at least hope to match up with Julio Jones. And then there's a major, major injury here for the Falcons. Vic Beasley... He is their most talented player on defense. Led the league in sacks, I believe, last year. Uh, So if they don't have him and he hasn't practiced this week, that's going to be a major factor for them. I mean, there's injuries, and Detroit has a few injuries as well, but this is an injury to an extremely key piece, and uh, 
could greatly affect the way I see this game going out. With Mo and Donnie on the sharp side, on the Lions side, that leaves Brett and I with Atlanta. I've got it as my last pick. I'll just say my piece right here, and it's not too much. Again, these are two teams that I, I don't feel like I have a handle on, so I thought it would have been irresponsible for me to pick a side and then have this high in my rankings. The reason why I favor the Falcons, and Mo may have poured some cold water on it right there, is actually something that Mo's touting in the preseason when he was a little hesitant to ring the regression bell as loud as us. And that's the play of the Falcons' defense thus far. I think Dontari Poe has slotted in and played very well up front for that team. Uh, the linebacking core, I mean, Deion Jones and Devondre Campbell were rookies last year, playing key roles, playing pretty much every down. They were nickel linebackers, so they were, they were in on first and second, but when they needed to go into coverage, those two guys were still on the field, and you would think that with experience they would only get better, and I think they're taking steps in that direction. So I've been very impressed by the Falcons' defense. And on top of that, the offense has not regressed as much, to the naked eye at least, uh, as I anticipated. So the Falcons really impressed me. Uh, I think Donnie makes a good point, too, about the Packers' mistakes. We saw that fumble return for a touchdown and also that interception by Rodgers at the end of the first half. I mean, th those mistakes are, are things that are, are not always going to happen. But I've still been impressed by Atlanta, so I, I give them a slight edge in this spot giving three points. But again, I've stuck it at the bottom because I, I didn't want to be the guy to, to fall on a sword for this game. Uh, Brett, what about you? What are you seeing in Atlanta to, uh, to have selected them? You had them low as well. Yeah, I don't know what either of these two teams really are yet. You know, we expected a regression from these, from both these teams, a lot of regression. So, and then they just rip off two wins each to start the season. So I, I just wanted to stay away from this one. It's a great note for Mo about Vic Beasley. That'd be a huge loss there so I'd probably move this down even further if, if Beasley is out but uh, I wanted nothing to do with this game don't forget about the injuries too uh to the Packers I mean they lost what did they lose in that game for top sure two tackles and totally three, but, top but at what receiver. point but at what point did those injuries happen and did what point did the Falcons have the game in hand it's one of those things where like if those guys had some nagging stuff going on and then the Falcons jump out to like a 30 point lead what's the point of them playing in the game like, did, did the Falcons crush because of the injuries, or did they crush and the injuries kind of happened? You know, it's well, kind of... I th Yeah, I think the, the tackles were out going in, weren't they? Yeah. That was pretty big. Yeah, for sure. Um, let's keep it with Brett, because our other split game is Browns-Colts. A very fun game uh, with the quarterbacks being Brissett and Kaiser. And, Brett, you were the highest on this game. You talked about them all yesterday, uh, the Indianapolis Colts. You love Jack Doyle. You love T.Y. Hilton. You kind of uh, talked yourself into some stacks towards the end of the show, and, and thus you are the highest in this game, and you're taking the plus one with Indianapolis just outside your top five. Keep telling us. Keep uh, waxing poetic about Indy, if you will. Yeah, I'm doubling down. Look, we've been high on the Browns so far this season. This team looks... Uh a lot better than it did last year, but I don't know. There has to be some added value in Jacoby Brissett every week he's under center. This guy only joined the Colts the week before the season started. He's learning on the fly and is only going to continue to improve, and he has some good players around him here. We talked about it uh, a lot on the podcast yesterday. Jack Doyle, T.Y. Hilton, I think 
I think this offense is going to score uh, a lot this week. And for real, this week, get us an outright win after we got moosed last week. The moose of the week was indeed those Indianapolis Colts. And the moose is with the disciple. There was no way Mo was taking Cleveland as a road favorite. <laughs> Mo, tell us why. Yeah, this was a tough one, though. I got to be honest. Uh, I really, really wanted to like the Colts, but uh, something in me feels hesitant to click on them. The public is slightly actually on the Colts, but it's pretty close. Um, I think part of it is the fact that it's it moved to one and a half on Pinnacle, so obviously not a big move, but it is minus 117, too. So you kind of feel like it's inching towards the Browns, but I just, I personally cap this with the Colts as slight favorites, so I don't know what's going on here. I, I, I just really struggled with this one, actually. Uh, Vontae Davis should be coming back, which is which is really big for the Colts. Um, and Browns just lost their most dangerous receiver, uh, Corey Coleman, and their WR1 is now something called Higgins. And uh, I don't know. Uh, if, if This is just one of those spots where the, the main thing I'm looking at that makes me want to love the Colts here is if this game took place in week one, the Colts would be like minus three and a half. So I don't know. It, this one is just a really tough one for me. Yeah, another one that I had closer to my bottom tier. I, I favored the Browns slightly because they just have my favorite side in this game. And that's the, well, I guess my favorite unit in the game is the Browns offensive line. Uh, and I think I favor the Browns defense as my favorite unit on the field on Sunday. This is a, this is a strange game. Uh, I, I also kind of feel a little narrative-y on this one with Indy. I mean, for them to have kind of poured their heart into last week's game, a great bounce back opportunity. They lead the game pretty much for the duration, and then choke it away late. Uh, that's one of those losses that feels like it could linger over to this week, but there's there's that's just me reading the tea leaves. Uh, I, I had this third to the bottom, so no real confidence. Uh, DP, you had it a little higher. Back on the Cleveland train. Anything to add on this game? Browns is a favorite, as a road favorite, and I can bet on them as such. I'm in. Uh, no, but Rich, you pointed it out, the the two reasons why I like the Browns in this side. I like their offensive line, um, and I also like their defense. Um, overall, I think that the Browns, despite being the same 0-2, have looked like the much better team as compared to the Colts uh, so far this year. So give me the Browns. If we're betting in this game, I think, it's, I think we can all agree that teasing the Colts with something is probably the way to go, right? Especially now that... It's up to one and a half. I mean, Colts plus seven and a half in this spot seems pretty juicy. So if you if you guys are looking for a teaser partner, I think Indianapolis fits the mold quite well. All right, let's get to – yeah, it's it seems like a, a great Wong opportunity, Wong teaser. All right, let's get to some Lone Wolves. All right, Lone Wolves this week. We, we're having a good Lone Wolf season, which usually is not a good indication of, of how – the collective is doing because that means our majority picks are not doing well. Uh, Brett, we'll lead with you again because you are two and zero in your lone wolf selections, one each week. And this week you've got two. One of them's in your top five 
One of them, <laughs> one of them's right outside your top five. So I guess you're you're all in on your lone wolves. We'll start with uh, your top pick. Another uh, another game which you touted yesterday on the DFS pod. You're taking the eight and a half with the Cincinnati Bengals. Just gush about Dalton, please. Go ahead. Look, I understand the Bengals are bad, but there's no way I'm siding with 75% of the public here with this Packers secondary, which might be the worst in the NFL. Andy Dalton is going to shred this week, and that's exactly what I said on the podcast yesterday. And I'm not going to hedge. I'm all in on Dalton. I think this is going to be a close game, even if it isn't. This could easily this could be a spot where Dalton just picks apart the defense late for a backdoor cover. The line is down to eight on Pinnacle, and the total has bumped up two points in the last day to forty six and a half. I'm happy with the movement the movement there. I think there's gonna be a lot of points in this game, and I think that favors the Bengals because the Packers are just gonna give up chunks of yards in this game. I think the Bengals are the right side because their perceived value could not be any lower right now, and I just I refuse to buy into this Packers secondary. The analytics tell me that they're terrible, and my eyes agree. So, yeah, I love the 8.5 here for the Bengals. Go ahead, Donnie. I mean, the Bengals look full-on bungles. I mean, listen, Brett. First of all, (laughs) Rich, pull the tape whatever time when he was talking about Andy Dalton going crazy because we're going to need to play that back every single week for the rest of the season. Uh, I mean, this Bengals team, they're as bad as it gets. Brett, yes, there's perceived value, but there's also actual value. Actual value here is the Bengals are an absolute joke. They are so bad. And I think working against them here, it would be different for me viewing this game if the Packers had, uh, first of all, won last week, like I thought that they were going to down in Atlanta, or even looked better. They don't look better. Aaron Rodgers and the Packers going home after a loss, I think they're going to absolutely roll in this game. Um, I mean, I, I do have a little bit of pause because it's a bigger number and there is so much of the public on it. But end of the day, I think the Packers uh, win this game. They cover. I mean, I just don't think that the, the Bengals are good. You're not going to really win football games in the NFL these days if you don't have a good offensive line. And their offensive line is horrible. And then to couple that, their quarterback is not good. I'm sorry, Brett. As much stock as you're putting in Andy Dalton, he is not good. I know he's not good. He's average, though. He is the average. He is, wins above Andy Dalton. QB play above Andy Dalton. He is the line of demarcation. I, he's cert, he's a hell of a lot better than this this Green Bay uh, secondary as a unit. And that's what I'm buying in here. That's fair. This Packers minus 8.5 tops my queasy bottom picks. Every pick below it, I feel queasy about. Every pick above it, I feel a hell of a lot more confident in. I don't like the Green Bay injury situation. I don't like the fact that this game opened at 10 in some places, and despite 70% of the public being on it, it's down to 8.5. Uh, I don't like that it could close closer to a touchdown. I, I don't like that the total went up and the line didn't move. I don't like any of that. I don't like that the Bengals' stock is so low. Uh, but goat in Lambo is basically uh, what I'm going to put my faith in in this situation. And the fact that the the Packers did the Packers defensive line did what you're supposed to do against a bad offensive line week one against Seattle and if they can just replicate that against Cincinnati uh, they're going to be fine because Cincinnati's defense can't hold a candle to Seattle's so uh, not terribly confident in this game but I like Goat at home against Cincy Mo you have this even lower than Donnie and I uh, anything to add this is your second to last pick. Well, for me, 
it's two things. It's the matchup of Clay Matthews against this putrid offensive line. So if Dalton can't get the ball off, he ain't going to shred this secondary. Uh, but uh, I actually kept this right on the number at 10. Give me the Bengals. Give me the Bengals at 10, but it ain't 10. So we got 8.5. I capped this at 8.5. I think this line's fair, and you already hit the nail on the head, Rich, for me. My tiebreaker is always going to be Rodgers at home when I cap it right on the number. If it's Rodgers at home, I'm just going to go with Rodgers at home. T-S-F-O-G, Brett. Yeah, way too sharp for ungood. So you guys know how I do my capping, and you guys, Brett and Mo especially, have, have hated the way I cap. I, I, I don't cap what I think the game should be. I cap what I think Vegas is going to put the game at. Because if my estimation is off, then my alarm bells start to go off. And I, <laughs> you guys are going to laugh. I thought Vegas was going to put this at 13 and a half. Come on. I mean, wh- why would anybody Why would anybody that's a casual football fan go to the window and take money out of their wallet and say, give me a Cincinnati ticket? Sharps would just be all in on that, though. I mean, yeah. since he is coming off extra rest, too. That was a factor for me in dropping on my uh, my line a little bit here. I think this is a fair line, but if it was 10, Bengals would have been close to being on my card for sure. Interesting. I think in the range of outcomes, one of the, the largest in that sample is Packers route just because of how poor the Bengals' offensive line is. You, you can't do anything on offense if you can't block. I mean, we're watching that with Seattle right now, uh, which is a game that uh, – that we're going to talk about in a second. Uh, Seattle, like, honestly, Seattle could be like a 7-9 and team just because they just can't block. Like, you can't do anything if you can't move people up front. And and let's uh, let's just keep it there. We'll go to Donnie's Lone Wolves now. Uh, He's got the Eagles, Seahawks, and Dolphins. Dolphins is very last selection as his Lone Wolves. you got the Eagles. Not only do you have the Eagles, DP, but you have them right outside your top five. That's a lot of points for an NFC East matchup. But but is is this is this you having the Giants last week as your number one pick and just being salty? Is this is that what's going on here? No, it's it's more me watching the Giants in the first two weeks and using my eyeballs to look at them and say that they are right now they're not a professional football team. They're very very bad. They don't have a good offensive line at all. Um, and, you know, I just – I don't think that this team – I think that there's there's just too much fighting going on behind the scenes, it seems. I mean, you have Ben McAdoo calling out his quarterback. You have his quarterback laughing at what Ben McAdoo said. You have OBJ, that whole thing with his ankle, and then dancing. And it's just – it seems like a mess there right now. And I'm not going to bet on a team that looks like a mess, has a bad offensive line, can't even move the ball, like doesn't know how to run plays, use the play clock. It just it seems like a giant debacle there coming out in New York for the Giants. And I, I like the Eagles here to uh, re- return home for their first home game of the year and and to have a decent game. You know, I, w- I would be much different on this this game. Um, looking back to what I said, or, or sorry, thinking back to what I just said about uh, similar fashion to the Packers, if if the Eagles had ended up winning that game against the Kansas City Chiefs last week, but they didn't. I mean, they fought hard for half the game, you know, three quarters of the game, and then they ended up blowing it at the end. But I like them to come home and, and really show out here. And I just, I think that the Giants are just kind of like whatever at this point. I mean, it's only two weeks into the season, but I feel like they're already just ready to start going through the motions. 
funny. The other hosts, it seems like we all we're all bought in on rule of NFC East, but nobody wants to put a lot of faith in the Giants. Some key injuries for New York. Janoris Jenkins hasn't practiced this week. BJ Goodson shot out of the 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 gate as a like a cannon week one, 18 tackles against Dallas, but has not practiced since uh, he missed week two. He hasn't practiced this week yet either. I knew, I knew when he was scratched last week, we were totally, we were totally. Oh yeah. I, uh, I said it, I said it before the game. I was like, Oh God, now we have, the, I don't even remember the guy's name where they had a linebacker last week, but he was a disaster. We, uh, I have Goodson in my dynasty league that I commissioner is an IDP league. And lucky enough, when I was setting my lineup Sunday morning, I saw that he was a DNP on Saturday, which for a Monday night game, he'd been a full practice, full participant or a limited participant all week. And then all of a sudden DNP on Saturday. And, uh, I was lucky enough to pull him from my lineup. But yeah, I, I had the same feeling that, uh, that we'd be in trouble. Uh, looking across the board, it looks like, Brett, you are the highest on the G's here. Rule of NFC East, anything else? Yeah, and everything Donnie just said about the Giants, that's why the public is hammering the Eagles right now. And I just, I, yeah, I, I can't take I can't take the Eagles as six-point favorites here against a team that, yeah, they've looked terrible. But again, this is a team that's value could not be perceived to be any lower right now. I cap this at five, so it's, it's pretty fair, but... I'll take the point line value. Wentz against a defense with a pulse. Yeah. Very problematic. Uh, I think it's the right side, but I don't have enough confidence in it. Rule of NFC East. I mean, we've seen the worst NFC East teams compete in these situations just because that it's just how that division works, man. Uh, anything over three and a half, unless the team's an absolute dumpster fire, I think as dumb as that process may sound, I'm probably just clicking. Uh, Mo, this is your very last pick. Any wise wisdom that you can give to the people? Uh, I think you just need to, it's key to look at these Philly injuries too. I'm a little worried. Well, that's actually underselling it. I'm very worried about this secondary. Uh, Ronald Darby out. Rodney McLeod out. Corey Graham on the two deep. He is also, well, they're not for sure all out but none of them have practiced this week so losing three players from their secondary in the two deep i mean that is that could be disastrous and and the guy who's healthy is the really really poor corner jalen mills seventh rounder we talked about on the preseason pod so uh i don't have any confidence that the secondary can do anything maybe maybe this is the week eli gets off the schneid but 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 then you look at the other side and and like Donnie was saying, this team has looked so putrid. It's really hard. I I cap this at five and a half too. So fair line for me, relatively speaking, and no real interest in it. The more we talk about, is this is this an Eli OBJ stack week, Brett? You know what? I was looking at OBJ yesterday and I was like, this is a really good spot because <laughs> he's got that red Q next to him. I don't think people are going to click on him this week. Donnie, your last pick. You stuck it at the bottom. Uh, man, across the board, we all love the Jets plus six. I guess Brett not so much. Mo and I love the Jets plus six. And uh, you go ahead and pick the Dolphins. So what, what what's going on here? What is this pick? What? What? Okay. I got to hear First this. of all, first what of all, Mo, it's my, it's my one-pointer, okay? 
This pick is me. I have no idea what to do in this game, okay? Because I don't really want to like the Dolphins, but the Jets are just, they're, I don't care. I told you guys before that they're just, they're giving up. It's its over. And I can't bet on a team that just doesn't care. I, I, they, they look bad. I don't think that they care. They don't really know what the hell they're doing out there other than Jermaine Kirst just, just, you know, balling out and catching great balls and for touchdowns and that sort of thing. But I just, I just can't. I can't pick this game. So at the end of the day, I'm just going to pick who I think is the better team. I'm going to disregard the points and just go with it. And I'm going to let you guys decide what happens with this game as it pertains to our card. Home opener. How can you take Jay Cutler, Cutler on the road as a minus yeah. six road favorite? Yeah. Because this Jets team is 2015 49ers all over again. I don't know what to do with this team anymore, so I don't really blame Donnie for putting it at the I just can't I mean, pick a team that I think is like actually tanky. Like they're actually just don't care. I mean they're just the, bad. They're an extra point away from being one and one against the spread. Like the world is not falling here. Minus six for a middle-of-the-road Dolphins team with a quarterback that has the propensity to absolutely blow everybody's dicks off with a multiple interception game. I just think you can't pick that side. The only thing thing that I'm actually arguing for right now and standing on a pedestal about is that I want nothing to do with this game. I'm not trying to argue to you guys that the Dolphins are the the undeniable right side because I don't really think that they are. Like I said, I don't even want this game on my card. I want just to let you guys decide whatever the hell happens with it. If it ends up on our card as the consensus pick or one of you guys has it in there, great, whatever. I will put the full faith and my full trust in the collective, but I personally want nothing to do with this game. I can see it going a multitude of ways, and I have really have no idea what's going to happen. Let me just put it this way. I hope everybody in my survivor pool takes Miami. Please, go ahead and click Miami. I'm begging you. Uh, that's it for DP's Lone Wolves. Mo, yours is so low, I'll, I'll let you go last and just talk about it quickly. Uh, my Lone Wolf, I, man, this, this could just be me being a scorn lover. In fact, the more I think about it, it probably is. Uh, I got Baltimore minus the three and a half in London. I've got it just above the middle section of my card. I was reading uh, Twitter this morning, and I actually got a bit of news that was worrisome if you are a Baltimore supporter, and that is that their defensive tackle, who I am, Brandon Williams, who has not practiced thus far this week, has been ruled out, it sounds like, for the game on Sunday. Uh, but man, my issue with Jacksonville and I still love the defense and when they somehow get out to a lead, I think that they're in great shape to play that salt the game away, run the ball effectively, play good defense type of strategy. But if, and when they ever find themselves trailing in a game, they literally have no chance to get back in. That's how bad this passing attack is. That's how bad Blake Bortles is. And you take away Allen Robinson, who can kind of erase some of Blake Bortles' mistakes because his catch radius is so damn wide and his playmaking ability is so incredible, that you have just a bunch of like train conductors running routes and a guy with no brains throwing them the ball. The most infuriating thing last week was that 
Bortles, like, he would just throw the ball into the defensive line. Like, he would throw the ball so low that all these D linemen had to do on Tennessee is just get a hand in the air and deflect it. That turned into an interception at one point in the first half. Uh, they They just have no shot if they fall behind. And that was against a Titans defense that, while it looks improved, doesn't hold a candle to this Ravens defense and the type of things that they can do. I said it last week, while I love the Browns, I thought Kaiser versus that defense was a bad matchup. Granted, Kaiser got hurt, uh, had that migraine, but the the Ravens covered with somewhat ease. They gave up a couple chunk plays, but I, I don't think they broke a sweat covering last week, and I, I think the Ravens are just going to be a team that kills bad quarterbacks, and uh, that's why I prefer Baltimore in this matchup. Uh, looking across the board, Mo, not only do you dislike this Baltimore selection, you got the Jags on your card. Tell me why I'm wrong. What are you, this Baltimore offense, what did you, you just said they're going to strangle, the, the defense is going to strangle bad quarterbacks. What about their own bad quarterback? Yeah. Flacco, not good. Jacksonville, very good on defense. Don't you have to score points to cover? Got Buck Allen, bruh. I mean, there's one unit in this game on offense that actually has a pulse, and that's Jacksonville's running game. So here we have two poor offenses. I don't know. I think think Baltimore throwing to running backs and throwing to tight ends is better than Jacksonville running. Stop. Make no mistake. Is this a lone wolf? This Baltimore offense is poor. Yeah, for Rich. Oh, yeah. Fish. Sorry. I thought, <laughs> I thought I thought that whole dialogue at the beginning, I spaced for a second because Rich is, is bad hosting and forgot one of my lone wolves. But uh, um, I thought that he was talking about this is a lone wolf for Mo, so apologies. What lone wolf of yours did I? Oh, yeah, the game that I... The, the game that you teased, you. and then you didn't go to me about it. <laughs> Finish your Jaguars, and then we'll go back to DP. Well, the Jags are just—both of these offenses are poor. Both of these defenses are strong. The Jags can actually hand the ball off and be successful. The Ravens, I don't really see what they can do. This team— is not good they are massively 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 overvalued right now just because they came out and destroyed an extremely putrid o-line in cincy that just gave it away to them the offense did nothing that game and then uh the browns who also didn't the browns have like four turnovers uh i mean as long as the jags hand the ball off here i think they're gonna be fine but what happens if they get down seven nothing (laughs) Like, they're done. The game's over. The game's literally over. How are they going to get down 7 nothing? That would require the Ravens scoring. I don't know. I, 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 just, I just don't like a team that can't throw the ball. I think the, I think the Ravens can still throw the ball. It's not going to be pretty, but I still think that they can line it up and throw the ball if need be. Best player on the whole offense out for the year, too. Marshall Yanda. For sure, I, I'm not. I'm not out here touting that Baltimore's offense is great. I just think they have the best unit in this game on defense, and I just am a scorn lover and I hate Blake Bortles. Uh, Brett or Donnie, anything to add, or we do want to skip back to DP? I mean, I, I uh, just go ahead, Brett. I just I, I'm looking forward to this game because I love both defenses, but I want nothing to do with it on the card because it's in London, London game. 
Fuck London. <laughs> London game. All right, so back to DP real quick. The whole reason I went to him next was he's got the Hawks as a lone wolf, plus the three at Tennessee. Bounce back game for Seattle? That That's how I see it. Bounce back game for Seattle. Not that I necessarily think that they're going to win the game, but this to me has 14-13 written all over it. Uh, large in part because of that Seattle defense. Uh, I just don't see the Hawks going down here against the spread. I mean, yes, the offensive line is bad, really, really bad. Um, but this is a spot where I think that, you know, overall their defense is going to shut down a team that, that I think is going to be flying high um, after what, what they did last week when they, they went down to Jacksonville and they, they crushed the Jaguars. Uh, they beat them pretty handedly. Um, but uh, in that game, I mean, the, the Titans struggled for the first half. What was it? was 6-3 or 6-6, something like that. I don't know. It was, it was a close game. It was tied going into halftime. And then after that, uh, you know, the, the Jaguars melted. But uh, And then a little sneaky aspect I like about this game is uh, that the Seahawks don't have the funky time zone thing because this is an afternoon game. Uh, the four o'clock game, so they don't have to deal with an early ten a.m. start, which would be a one o'clock game for them because they're a West Coast team. But uh, yeah, give me the Hawks and the points here. All right, Brett's got this in coin flip territory all the way at the bottom. This is the most interesting game on the card for me because it is the Titans, a very public team, a a a team that's been in the top five consensus both weeks so far this season and the Seahawks with incredible name value but they've started the season off so so poor and that makes you on the surface want to take Seattle but I honestly think that they just might be bad their offense might just be bottom five because again nothing matters in football on offense if you can't block people. And they even have Russell Wilson, who's super mobile and who made an incredible play to get P. Rich the ball to score the game-winning touchdown on Sunday. And I don't think that type of play is sustainable over 17 weeks. I don't think Tom Cable can get this together. So I I initially wanted to pick the Seahawks. Then I took the Titans. And then the more I thought about it, and Mo, I'm sure you'll bring this up next, the more I saw... uh, (laughs) <laughs> the more I saw how well um, the teams played last night, uh, it's like, wh- how bad can this Hawks team be? It, it, are they going to be a sieve, uh, giving up running plays? If so, this is the worst matchup for them because the Titans are going to just run all over them. So I ended up moving the Titans all the way up uh, to my number seven spot, right outside my top five. I, I really want to love them this week. Mo, I'll, I'll let you take the floor. Yeah, hold on a second. Hold on. So you're telling me, let me see if I can follow your logic here. You're telling me that you just watched a defense give up 40 to Jared Goff and then the Seahawks couldn't score on them and you think you think this offense might be bad? Like bottom 5 is is real. Like that's a, that's a real potential. I don't know if I can get behind that logic. No, this offense is horrifying. Uh, Goff absolutely marched all over the 49ers all night. Uh, yeah, I after last night, saying I, I can't, after watching that game, I can't take the Hawks. I had the Hawks, just like you, I had the Hawks. And then after watching that game, it's just tough because you don't want to overreact, but we have so little to go on this early in the season. And that was embarrassing, what happened to the 49ers last night. So... You know, 
if Seattle couldn't move it on this team at all, and they really could not move it at all, that makes me extremely worried for their prospects for the rest of the year. Mo, wrap it up with your lone wolf. Texans plus 13.5. Nobody's really high on the Patriots side, and, and you're not very high on the Texans. You have them as your third to last pick. Uh, tell us why we're such fish for, for, for laying the wood. Well, you guys are definitely fish, but <laughs> whatever. Brett's got to go early today, so I don't want to spend too much time, but I clicked the Texans, a little extra rest, and I think the back door will be open here for Watson to run through. It's a big spread. I don't have – I capped this at 13, I think, so I don't have much confidence either way. 14.5 on Penny. It moves two and then through a key number. So while I hate the Patriots and I hate laying points, I think 13.5 is kind of way the right side, which is insane. Anything else to add, or are we ready for Brett to kick things off with his selection? Most an idiot. Ready? Go ahead. <laughs> Bert Minotti, two and three last week, which led the collective as gross as that sounds. You're four, five, and one on the season. You're 16, 15, and one overall. Lead us off. Give us your home dog that's going on the card. I initially had the Bengals as my number one play. I wrote it down. But then I just couldn't bring myself to put that offensive line on the card. Vetoes, vetoes so, were coming out if you fired. Yeah, <laughs> and I had a feeling that might happen too. So I, I apologize to Donnie because I have a feeling this is his top play as well. I went with the Washington Racial Slurs plus three at home against Oakland. Uh, I capped this as Oakland minus one, so I think we're getting a couple points in line value here. The Raiders 2-0, and but they got the free space of all free spaces last week at home against the Jets. This team is just overvalued right now, and I don't think the Redskins' offense is getting the credit it deserves, even after two meh performances from Kirk Cousins to open the season. He has not looked good, but uh, at home on Sunday night in primetime this week, I'm expecting a big bounce-back game from Cousins. Uh, I like Jameson Crowder a lot this week. Hopefully we get Jordan Reed, but uh, it, there's going to be a lot of points in this game, and I think the, the, the West, uh, Redskins are going to win it outright. Week one, Raiders win and cover on the road against one of the most public teams in the league, the Tennessee Titans. Week two, they come home and cover as double-digit favorites and make the public more money. They could not be more overvalued right now. I thought Vegas, not only uh, you capped it at one, I thought Vegas would only open this at one and a half because the Slurs won a big road game last week. But to alas, plus three, everybody's got this in their top five. Except for Donnie, which is what? which is wow mind blowing. Uh, Donnie, what uh, what makes you so fearful of uh, Washington here? Is this the week? Uh, no, I mean I I'm fine with this. I, I like a lot of the other games. Everything that's above this one, um, I think the the Seahawks game, which is the one that's right below it, is kind of like my I'm starting to waver into coin flip territory. Uh, game, but then everything above that, I'm happy with. Um, another thing that that Brett didn't mention. Um, this is a bit of a, a, a trap game for me. Uh, the, the Raiders have the Broncos next week, and that's going to be a, a tough AFC showdown that I think they could just look past this Redskins team that I don't think a lot of people are high on. Does that happen in the NFL, though? 
what people look ahead to the games ahead i think so it's a tarp this this early in the season i don't know i don't know if that's a thing i've always wondered about that i think it for sure does but it's got to be a huge matchup you know broncos 2-0 i mean mean, broncos raiders 2-0 afc west how could that be any bigger because this is a Sunday night game where everybody's watching. I just I don't think this is a game where they're just gonna let down. Yeah, that's a good point. If it was Sunday one p.m., maybe you'd have more look ahead potential. Uh, Mo, you have this slightly higher than I. Anything to add on the slurs? All I have to add is I really want to thank Brett for getting this on the card because <laughs> I love this one. This. This line to me should be a pick 'em. I don't know. I guess I'm just way higher on Washington than anybody else. But I see a lot of talent on this roster. I I don't and I'm still maybe I guess one of the low people on the on the Raiders. I don't know. I've been impressed with, with them, but uh I still don't think they should be minus three on the road here. I'm cross stu- country. I'm still no wor- way. Still worried about the slurs passing game. Uh, you brought up the point of Goff marching up and down against the Niners. Brian Hoyer looked like Joe Montana last night for the Niners, and the Slurs could not move the ball in the air last week. They've been horrific throwing the ball. So a little bit worried about that, but this is way the right side. Mo, you're up with your submission to the card. It's a game everybody else has number one, a game that Brett put at number two probably just in principle. Give it. It's the weirdest game of the week. Yeah. <laughs> it's by far the weirdest game of the week. Give it to okay. us, Mo. Okay, uh, let's just tell a quick story. When I sent Rich the plays, I had the Vikes as minus. Because I'll be honest, okay, you know, when I'm doing my capping, I'm looking over all this stuff, but but the Vikings game wasn't anywhere besides the Super Contest card because there's no lines anywhere else. So I'm, I just look at the thing and I see a three, and I'm like, okay, Vikes are minus three. They just threw minus three on because they don't know if Bradford's going to play. It makes sense. I didn't really look. And so I thought they were minus three. And then Rich was like, the Vikings are plus. How can the Vikings be plus three? This is completely wrong. First of all, Bradford looks like he's probably going to play. And if Bradford plays, to me, the Vikings are better than the the Buck. They should be minus three and a half. I don't understand this line at all. I don't know if this is hard knocks overvalued or what's going on here, but even the books that opened, uh, I think some of the books opened like uh, conditional lines where if Bradford plays, they're minus one. But to me, they should be at least minus three. I don't see how they could be less than minus three. This line makes no sense to me, and I don't see good things happening for Jameis Winston against this offense. Their best player on offense is Mike Evans and the Vikings have a weapon in Xavier Rhodes that can really neutralize him. I mean, this guy locked up Antonio Brown. Held him to, like, what, six for 50 or something. So I capped this two ways. If Bradford plays, if Bradford does not play, I thought Vegas would open it at minus three and a half, just like Mo said, if Bradford was to suit up. And in the worst-case scenario that we once again get Mr. Case Keenum, I thought Vegas would open up as plus one. I mean— are the Bucks really going to be bigger than minus seven at home? I guess so. I guess the public just loves this Tampa Bay team, loves the hard knocks effect. Uh, so worst case, I still think we're getting value with the plus three. But the, uh, you say Bradford looks like he's playing. I don't know. This seems like Mike Zimmer reindeer games to me. Uh, 
him being a limited participant in practice, what what do you need to do uh, in order to technically be a limited participant? Do you need to like throw a pass? I think there's still – I have no idea whether or not he's going to play. I think there's still a good chance he does not play, but I still think we're getting value in the plus three. And then, of course, if he does play, we're getting incredible value with the plus three. So, uh, Brett, I'll, I'll turn to you because you put this at number two. Uh, one, uh, let me guess. Did you do this for contrarian reasons because this could be on literally everybody's card? Uh, is that why? Is that why you did that? A, yeah, a little bit. I didn't want this to be my number one because that it's just icky to do that <laughs> in the super contest when I most of my picks are contrarian. If Bradford plays, though, this is a gimme. It has to be on the card. Uh, I capped this as Vikings minus four with Bradford in the lineup. I don't know what the hell this Bucks minus three is, even if we don't get Bradford. Like it's it's pretty simple. There's too much line value to pass up here, so I I'm happy with this being on the card. The contrarian in me wants the news to come out today that Bradford is out, you know, <laughs> like I'm, I'm cool rolling with Case Keenum plus three. Jameis, so bad last week. Jameis Winston on the road against that Vikings defense. How many head scratchers? How many head scratchers? Is, well, if Brad, is, well, if Bradford's out, give me contrarian. Cause you know, my second pick is contrarian. Yeah. How, how many head scratchers can, can we get from famous into this defense? I, this defense eats at home. We've watched it. During the Zimmer era, and I, for contrarian reasons, would be just fine with Case Keenum on the card. Donnie, this is your number one pick. Anything to add? Um, just that you guys have talked about how. Uh, I mean, listen, it is my number one. It's my clear number one. I also, because I'm I, where I'm picking dead last because I suck. Uh, I decided that you know my real number one is my number two, um, but. Uh, you guys mentioned, you know, how this line would change, and specifically for the three of you, if Sam Bradford plays. I'm a little bit worried if Sam Bradford tries to play hurt. I don't want that to happen. I think Sam Bradford is a giant baby. I think he's not tough at all, and I really don't want him running around there on a 50% knee trying to win this game. I think that that would work against us here. That's one multiple, thing I'm holding back. Multiple, multiple ACL tears, giant baby. I mean that. So I mean that doesn't mean anything. But like, if he goes out, he's not trying to play through it. I think Sam Bradford trying to play through an injury is not something that I really want to hang my hat on. That's just not what I'm, I'm. I'm. I'm not gonna let you call a guy with playing the toughest sport in the world and having multiple ACL tears a baby. I'm not just going to let that fly, though. I mean, Moe's had an ACL tear. He knows you can walk on it and stand back there in the pocket like Sam Bradford <laughs> does. So. You know, but listen, this, this has Jameis Winston head scratchers all day, all over it to me with that Vikings defense going home to the dome up in Minnesota. You know, the, the crowd gets buck up there. They, they act like actual Vikings. Um, so it, to me, to me, it, that's what it seems. I mean, Mo, you also brought it up with the hard knocks thing. I think that a ton of people were high on the bucks um, going into the season. Then they, they blew doors last week when they won 29 to seven against a, a bad bears team. You know, yeah. but we don't. And let's be clear, the Bears gave that away. I think that people are also. I mean, this is a, a small aspect of things, but people are taking that the, the Bucks have only played one game. They played one game against the Bears. I think that people are thinking, for whatever reason, they, they might be extrapolating that to a two-week performance because they didn't play week one. Um, and you know, there's there there hasn't been that other chance for the Bucks to look more normal or more average uh, because they have only played one game. So I think people are just generally very high on them. All right, I'm going to go very quick because I want to get both Donnie and I's picks in while, while Brett's here. We can talk about them a little further, but I want to get them in. Uh, my number one pick, 
I always talk about it. We can't be too square, guys. We need to put a little dash, or uh, too sharp. We need to put a little dash of square in there. Sometimes you got to just uh, a little bit for flavor. It can't be 100% sh sharp because 100% sharp picks is just not going to win a contest like this. You know, the squares win 48, 47% of the time, 40% of the you time. You got the Cowboys, don't you? No, that would be the worst pick of all time. Come okay. on, that's embarrassing. Well, and this isn't too, too square because the you public... Said you hated the cards before, so... I do hate the cards, uh, I, even though I selected them. The cards are a consensus pick. Uh, this is not a public side because the public's all the way on the other side for some god-awful reason. This is a team that I've swooned over. This is a team that I had him as a lone wolf once, and I put them on the card. This is a quarterback that I continue to defend while Mo shits all over. Give me the Panthers minus 5.5 in the spot against a horrific New Orleans Saints team. One of the worst defenses you'll ever see. And despite putting up two awful games, awful games, the public is all over them. They're lining up. 69% of the public lining up to put real American dollars on the Saints. I think this is a great spot for the Panthers. I think their defense is back. Breeze on the road, outside. Love this spot for Carolina. Let me get in here because this is my lone wolf. Uh, I, I love this Panthers defense, but I need to see this offense look stable before I go and pick them as five-and-a-half-point favorites against Drew Breeze. They didn't score a touchdown this week against the Bills. It was one of the more lackluster offensive performances I've seen from either team. Cam just doesn't look right. He doesn't look right. And now he doesn't have a safety net in Greg Olson. I, I just don't understand how this team, but all this offensive firepower can't put points on the board. There obviously has to be something wrong with Cam, and that concerns me. So this one makes me queasy. And with that, I say goodbye to you guys. Peace. Brett's out of here. Uh, and I guess I skipped his second Lone Wolf. Man, the Lone Wolf segment, absolute dumpster fire. You blew it because <laughs> you just said you just said uh, cards were a consensus pick when I have the Cowboys. You have Cowboys? I have Cowboys like sixth. Oh my, on my card. Oh, my God. I just didn't think that was possible. I well, I, I actually can't believe that that's actually possible. The cards are horrible. No, this is con as contrarian as it gets. For Mr. Contrarian, I don't know how you cannot pick the cards. Because my mind is actually blown that you have to. Are you, are you sure that, that you don't, you're not seeing Cardinals are plus three, not minus three? Because I know you screwed up the plus and minus earlier. Are you Cowboys undervalued after getting their shit pushed in. On national TV, uh, the cards are still a complete and utter disaster. Should have lost outright on the road against a Colts team that lost by 40 to the Rams. This cards team, I don't have an ounce of faith in them. I think this line should actually be four. So What? Are you sniffing glue? What do you mean? Dude, you're, you're, you're on drugs, man. What are you talking this about? This, this, this Cowboys defense is about as bad as it gets. Their running back is fat. And their quarterback can't throw the ball more than 10 yards. And, they're, yeah, but and they'd be minus is, nine at home against Arizona. But is this the team that's going to exploit that? Arizona has Yeah, Palmer. Palmer. Arizona Palmer. can find it in them at home in a big spot just because that's what home they do. Home opener. Home opener, night game. Uh, Palmer looked fine last week. There were a lot of bad drops in that game. There was a touchdown called back, and he threw an absolute dime to J.J. Nelson. 
this is a great bounce back spot. This for has Arizona. this has Palmer 300 yards, four TDs written all over it, and we're gonna be like, what the hell? Where has that Palmer been all year? And then he's gonna go back to sucking the week after. That's exactly yeah. what's gonna happen here. Yeah, this is Bruce Arians' Kangol swag all over it, and Jason Garrett looking dumb at the podium all over it. So let's, I don't like it. Let but. me let me get my bearings here. So me screwing that up actually doesn't affect anything in actuality because the the collective's pick, spoiler alert, not the Cardinals. So let me get my bearings here because I'm the worst, and we're gonna need some math checks. Well, can, can we can we can we where did Brett we need have some the accounting. Cardinals? We need some accounting. Uh, Brett had the Cardinals on his card, as did I, as do I. Donnie has the Cardinals really low, so I don't know why he's talking. I'm about just, that I'm shit. just. Listen, I'm honestly, I'm, I'm a little bit worried about the Cardinals, but uh, at the end, of, at, the, at the end of the day, I, I just, I mean, I think that I could actually place a money bet line on the Cardinals here, money line bet on the Cardinals here. Hashtag money bet line. Money bet uh, line. Let me, let me get my bearings here. Okay. Lone wolves. Let me put a bow on that. I, I was trying to rush it because I wanted to get bread in and I don't have my mixer and excuses are the tools of the incompetent so let me just here, let's get our bearings here are the lone wolf selections Mo has Cowboys and Texans we're good Brett has Bengals and Saints both very high Bengals on his card Donnie <laughs> has Eagles Seahawks and Dolphins and yours truly I have the Baltimore Ravens so tie a bow on that one we're good I the actually so can't fu- believe Brett picked the Saints. Me too. I'm I mean, that's worse that. than Mo picking the Cowboys. To me. I can't believe you love the Panthers. To me, this is a coin flip. I don't understand how you can be. I'm with Brett. I don't understand how you can be confident. I'm ready to go all in on the Panthers. This is a great spot. I mean, stock se- stock couldn't be lower on 70% Carolina. are betting on the New Orleans Saints on the road, outside. That, that can't low, be an actual how- thing. How low is the stock on Panthers after they were touchdown favorites and could barely move the ball last week? Would you be that surprised if the Saints won the game here? Yes. Because I would Have be. you seen them play defense? Yeah, but like Brett said, no Greg Olson here. Cam has not been able to get the ball to his wide receivers at all. I mean, what are they going to do? Are they just going to run the ball? It's Jay Stu is old and has not been that effective. I mean, I, I don't know. They're going to be just fine. Anybody can move the ball against this defense. Uh, they the the trade of Stephon Anthony, while he's not an amazing player, it's just it's one of those gut punches to a defense that's that's already playing bad. That all of a sudden they're going to take one of the players that actually has a pulse and ship them out of town. The Saints are two and ten against the Super Contest spread in September, going back to two thousand fourteen. Well, that uh. Nope, just putting it out there because it helps our argument, Rich. Roulette, roulette stats, but <laughs> I love the I, I I love the Panthers in the spot. Uh, I think this is this is rape and pillage. This reminds me of Panthers Niners last year, when the Panthers just drubbed the Niners. The Saints are not good. The, their offense is even questionable. The only time they did anything last week against a Patriots defense that was a sieve against Kansas City was when the game was in hand. That's the only time the Saints started moving the ball. So that's why I like Panthers. So the picks so far, Brett selected the racial slurs, plus three. Mo took the Vikings, plus three. I have the Panthers, minus five and a half. And Donnie's going to whip out the sharpest dick in the West and take another home dog 
I wish Brett was here to hear it. The Buffalo Bills, plus three, going home to Orchard Park, playing the Denver Broncos. I mean, 84% are on the Broncos. I actually just saw on my Twitter feed um, via Sports Insights that this is this is not only the game that the public is most on, it's also the game um, through their reporting uh, that has the most handle on it. I mean, Buffalo's a tough place to play. The Broncos have been absolutely flying high. I mean, you want to talk about stock high. I don't think stock has been higher. I hinted at it earlier when, when Brett talked about his pick with the Redskins uh, against the Raiders, is that I feel like this is a big trap game uh, for the Broncos. They're going to be looking ahead uh, to next week when they have to play, play the Raiders. Um, I mean, to me, I th- so listen, let me say that I think we were wrong about the Broncos. I mean, we all had them. Uh, three of us had them finishing last in the AFC West. Rich had them finishing third. None of us were high on them. We thought that they were going to p- take a big regression. Defense is getting older. We weren't that high on Simeon. Fine. I get it. Season-long outlook, I think that we were wrong. Right now, in this week, in this vacuum, I think that this is th- there couldn't be a better spot to be a contrarian, to go against the grain, to be sharp. Um, and, and I have to just go with the Bills here. I mean, how do you beat the Broncos? You're not going to beat them in the passing game, so just line up and run. The Bills have a sneaky good run offense. Yes, last week they sucked, and LaShawn McCoy only ran for nine yards, but this week I think they're going to bounce back. I think that they're going to run. I expect Tyrod to, to play it safer and also uh, run around with his feet as well. So, I mean, just give me the Bills. Give me the Bills all day. Give me the Bills money line or a money bet line, as I said earlier. Anything. Let's go. Let's go Buffalo. <laughs> hashtag money bet line uh mo you're happy about this you've got the bills on your card fourth overall brett would actually be the one to be worried about this he's got this in his bottom tier but that's because he's just a worrisome bills fan most likely and he 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 kind of has always swooned over this broncos defense uh i am a little worried about this i have that below this below the middle of the pack but it's just one of those spots where it's the sharp side and i'm queasy about it and i'm glad that a member of the collective stepped up and put it on the card. Uh, Mo, you got to be impressed with DP, making the sharp pick. I can't even explain how impressed I am. I agree with absolutely everything he said. I mean, Donnie's rule of flying high, first of all. Flying high, going on the road here to just a brutal spot, tough place to play. The Bills plus three is a dream. How is this not, again, this is just like the Redskins game for me. How is this not a pick Because they got to put the lines out there for the public, Mo, not for the smart people. This line makes no sense. Simeon on the road here, yes, Simeon has looked great. Don't get me wrong about that. He has looked great, but it is one thing, and I've said this before on the pod, it is one thing for a bad QB to play great at home. It is another thing entirely for a bad bad QB to play great on the road. That does not happen very often. Simeon, I don't know if he's bad. Maybe he's average, but even an average QB going on the road, you only really trust good QBs on the road. This is a tough spot for them. I don't like it. I don't like it after two monster home wins, massively overvalued, everything Donnie said, spot on. I had this game. I really waffled between putting this game and putting the Jets and the Redskins I loved all three of those. Those are my top three plays this week outside of this ridiculous Vikings line that isn't even a real line, so I'm not really even counting it. So as far as my actual lines go that are at sportsbooks, love the Bills. This is in my top three. And the great thing about Tyrod in this spot is 
he's got limitations. I think accuracy, especially short to middle uh, or intermediate passes, he's got some accuracy issues. But he's never been the turnover guy. He's never exceeded six interceptions in a season. And these aren't partial starting seasons. Uh, Over his last 31 starts, he's only thrown uh, 13 interceptions. So that's about an interception every two and change games. So he's going to protect the ball. He's not going to be the one to turn it over, at least as flippantly as other quarterbacks against this Denver defense, which is great because Denver's the type of team that's going to swarm and and cause turnovers. So if we have a quarterback that at least is going to protect the ball, that's great in the in this scenario. Uh, Tyrod's not going to be the one to throw the backbreaker, I don't think. So love the Bills in this spot. Okay. Let's get our bearings once more. The card, thus far. Brett put the slurs on there, plus three. Mo put the Vikings on there, plus three. I got the Panthers on there, minus five and a half. Need some square, even though it's not really square, because 70% of the public is on the Saints. And Donnie whipped out the sharpest stick in the West and selected the Buffalo Bills, plus three at home against the Broncos. Time to go to the collective, and once again, I wish Brett were here. The machine, the machine is 2-0. and Let's see if they can keep a perfect 3-0. and Who did the collective select? The collective chooses the Los Angeles Chargers. The L.A. Chargers. Two heartbreaking losses in a row. Week one really wasn't a heartbreaker. It was just a brutal end where the field goal gets blocked. Week two, uh, Way Koo misses what should have been a, a gimme at home. Dolphins escape with the road win. And now we got the chefs coming into the town. The chefs who have brutalized the Patriots who brutalized towards the end of the game, the Eagles, and now they are three-point road favorites against L.A. Mo, you are the lowest on this game. Well, I guess Donnie's lower. Sorry, Donnie's got this at his seven pick. Mo, you've got this at your eighth pick. But, Mo, you're a Chefs fan, so I'll kick it to you first. How are you feeling about the Chargers on the card? I feel queasy. Maybe it is the, maybe it is the memory of last season. When the Chiefs absolutely throttled the Chargers on the road, if I remember right. Um, and I was all over the Chargers in that game. And man, I don't, Andy Reid's been throwing deep, so I don't know. I, this, I don't feel good about this, I'll be honest. I really, really was hoping that machine was going to spit out the New York fighting Jets. And I am very tempted to use my veto, but I think if I use my veto, I would use it on you. You can't veto the collective, and you could veto me. You could. Yeah, I but... hate your pick, but whatever. <laughs> Go for it. I, hey, I hey, picked hey. The, I picked the Panthers, I guess, so, I mean, I don't know. I don't have an ounce of confidence in it, though. Right side but by Miles. As far as this this one goes, I do feel the Chargers should be dogs here, but I think I kept the Chiefs at minus two. So we're getting a key number here. This is Donnie's rule, though, of 
really poor home field. I mean, the Chargers, they're not going to have anybody. There might be more Chiefs fans than Chargers fans there. I don't know. I don't love it. You you guys tell me why the hell this should be on the card. Well, I'll let DP. We don't have Brett here to, to tell <laughs> the Chargers. He had this in his card. I'll tell you why I like it in a second, but I'll let Donnie continue the, the worrisome narrative. I mean, I... <laughs> I'm a little bit queasy on this as well, uh, like Mo. But I mean, the Chiefs' stock is just so, so, so high, and the Chargers' stock I don't think is high at all. I mean, I don't think that there's any team out there that has looked less like people thought they would than the Chargers this year. I mean, they're just—they've just been horrible. But I mean, 80% of the bets are on the Chiefs. They're a road favorite. I mean, I know that a home field in San Diego isn't anything special but i mean come on how do we not just just go contrarian here and take the points i mean i'm i'm a little bit worried about it going in but it's like that that great nervous feeling you know when you're walking into a job interview or something i kind of kind of like that it keeps me it keeps me alive i'm happy this is on the card wow love that take <laughs> love the the energy at the end of that take let me speak for brett uh real fast he had this as his fourth highest pick something 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 philip Gaines. Something, something, Philip Gaines. All right, thanks, Brett. Thanks for the uh, for that take. The, uh, for those of you that don't know, all Brett does is pick on Philip Gaines, who currently is rated at 36.7 out of 100 on Pro Football Focus. Uh, and next to him on the outside, Terrence Mitchell, uh, he's also grading very poorly at 38.3 on Pro Football Focus. Uh, the Chiefs' defense is a little worrisome to me. It's the unit that I used to love the most on this team, but the loss of Poe uh, is really brutal. The loss of Eric Berry in Week 1, really brutal. And if Wentz had a pulse, I think the Eagles uh, could have done more last week. But he doesn't, and Kansas City was at home. They always get a lift. Uh, Chiefs on the road. Stock couldn't be higher. Chargers' offense is Good. They're going to move the ball. They can move the ball. They've got great receivers. I mean, Keenan Allen is a killer. And sharp as ever, uh, the Chargers put him in the slot. And it's hard to guard him in the slot. He's going to have something gains on him. He's going to eat this week. And they've unleashed Hunter Henry finally after getting Gates' touchdown. I don't know. Gates should just not get a a snap for the rest of the season. Like, just... Put him in the pasture and let Hunter Henry eat. Uh, I like Chargers out right here. They're a blink away from being uh, 2-0, uh, but didn't have uh, the kicking ability to get there. So nobody's going to click L.A., and that's why I'm cool with this pick. Why can't the Chiefs just do what the, the Broncos did, though? Why can't the Chiefs just dominate at the line of scrimmage. I mean, the Chiefs' run game is pretty good. Their their O-line is poor overall, I think, just because pass blocking is so important and they're poor in pass protection. But they do run block okay, and the Chargers just look so bad at the line of scrimmage against Denver. I don't know, man. I don't love it, but whatever. Which, uh, obviously, you would have preferred Jets over this. I I'll tell you, Love the Jets. I'll, I'll tell you the game that was right below this in the aggregate, and I'm glad did not get on the card, was the Bears. Because the Bears is one of those, I feel like it's the right side, but I do not like it. Yeah, I'm with you there. I, I wanted to have the Bears higher, but 
it was it was tough. Um, that that performance I, last week was horrific. Yeah, it was by the Bears. absolutely horrifying. And that that game has already moved off the key number of seven on Pinnacle to seven and a half. So while I still like the touchdown, I am glad that we are fading it in the contest. Vetoes are open. Mo, if you don't like that Panthers game, you, you've got you've got the right man. I'll tell you what I'm regretting right now. What I'm regretting is that I didn't just put the Jets number one and put the Vikings number two just to get game the theory. Jets on the card. Game theory. Knowing that yeah. you guys would put the Vikings Donald. on the card. No, Donald. No, no one knew Donald was just going to pick Dolphins. Like. I mean, Sorry, I told you guys that? I don't want anything to do okay. with that 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 game. I don't. I mean, it's just I, you know you know Jay Ajayi hasn't practiced, Devontae Parker hasn't practiced, and Jarvis Landry hasn't practiced. Well, if you if you ask the number one the number one J- Dolphins fan in the world, who is also my best friend, he said the Dolphins don't ever practice. So yeah, quote from Gary Gates: Dolphins don't practice. <laughs> don't really know analysis. what that means, but it seems like they're just doing their thing. So let's go. Not Miami. a winning. Tra- not a winning strategy. Not practicing. Is, uh, the Jets are so the right side here. You can do they it, They might Mo. win this game. You can do it. You've got the power. Well, if you take out the Panthers and put the Jets in, I'm honestly going to break your arm. <laughs> I mean, whatever. I'm just going to let Rich. Rich is so confident. I'm just going to let Rich have his I'm pick, just but. as confident as Rich. Scam. I'm in there. Let's. I mean, this is like, I don't understand why people are lining up at the window to, to put money on the Saints. On the road, on outside. The road. Oh, it just, it's Saints. crazy. That I can't explain. Saints on the road, worst defense in history. Playing a good defense. <laughs> yeah. All right, so the card, if there are no objections, racial slurs, plus three at home against the Raiders. Vikings, plus three at home against the Bucks. Panthers at home, minus five and a half against the Saints. Bills at home plus three against the Broncos, and then the LA Chargers in air quotes at home plus a three against the Chefs. Five home teams, four home dogs. Feels like a collective card. If you guys want to send your pick for the contest, our contest, our little raffle giveaway. You can send them to at Gridiron Gamble on Twitter or Gridiron Gamble Podcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Gridiron Gamble and check out the website. We've got some great stuff up there. The Moose of the Week. We'll have four downs coming today. GridironGamble.com. For the collective, I'm Rich. Best of luck in your betting ventures this weekend. Peace out.